0: Welcome to Behind the Brands. So you found us, (laughs) well done you. Our little podcast, all about the fashion industry. Let me just tell you about the host and the creator of this podcast. The guy's from the UK and his name is Warren Parker Mills. Warren's literally worked with some of the best people in the business and met some incredible brands along the way. Now he feels it's time to kind of do things a little differently. He'll be catching up with amazing storytellers from across the globe as they share some of those unwritten secrets that they've managed to figure out for themselves. From brands you'll recognize to small artisan creators that have mastered their craft. You'll hear about their collections, sales, and their ongoing quest for sustainability. So if you're an aspiring designer, an influencer, or just a massive fan of listening to Fascinating Conversation, stay right where you are.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Behind the Brands Podcast. Welcome, this is episode number nine, I can't quite believe it. Um, for anybody that's new, my name is Warren, I'm based in the UK. and do you know what guys, I'm delighted to say that I've done some looking at the analysis and everything else and I can't quite believe it because there's 28 other countries than the UK listening to this podcast which just absolutely blows me away. Anyway, enough of that. Let me tell you about what's happening in today's show. Today's show features a lady called Alexandra from a business called Creativo Studio. I will say she does say that much better than I do. And um, Alexandra's been through some tough times herself. In fact, they actually set the business up back in 2008 in the last economic recession. So she's no stranger to tough times. Um, What's great about their business is they create brands, uh, mood boards, and trends and analysis and development with regards to future collections. Really interesting, this one. I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, stick with it and I'll see you on the other side. Hey, Alexandra, are you good?
2: Hi, Warren. How are you? I'm doing very well here. talking from Brooklyn, New York.
1: Yes. So you've got, what time are you at now? Is it 10 o'clock? You're five hours behind us here, aren't
2: you? Yeah, it is 10.15. Yeah. Cool. Tech,
1: yeah. Marvelous, marvelous. Okay, and what have you been up to this morning? What's your Sunday morning? Can't believe we're talking on a Sunday, but what? Have you well, my son,
2: my Sunday morning has been pretty long so far. I have my my dog with me here uh, <laughs> during the interview, and uh, he's just right next to me. I just took him out so Very that good. way I don't have that responsibility behind my back you know <laughs> yeah. I have to
1: take
2: the dog out
1: so. scratching at the door scratching yeah, at the door. In my cool.
2: companion all morning while my husband oh. is sleeping
1: <laughs> excellent excellent good well that's great I mean I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and um, yeah I've, I've kind of seen you and your work on different social media channels and I just really wanted to get you on to talk to the listeners really about your business and what you do so can you give us a bit of an overview of what you do Alexandra. Absolutely,
2: I'm one of the co-founders of Creativo Design Studio, I have a business partner by the name Dana Nazario, uh, oh. he's the co-founder as well and my business partner and um, we founded Creativo in 2008 uh, during a very similar situation to what we're living today. Today we're yeah. living uh, the pandemic at yeah. that time, we had a very different recession, and that was uh, at that time uh, it was a financial instability that we have and a global economic recession and crisis. Mm. Um, I don't know if you remember that time, but uh, it really hit us very hard. On employment was very very high. Yeah, and um, I got unemployed. I had a, a design job. At a woman 's apparel business, yeah. and um, one day I became unemployed, and I decided, well, let's do this if I have ten years prior of experience before my business, let me gather all the th- all the things that I have learned since pretty much since I was eleven years old, yeah. and try to apply it uh, somehow in the business. And I knew I was uh, successful already in designing print and patterns. Hmm. And that pretty much was the base of how we started the business. Yeah, uh, okay. We actually specialize. We put our uh, time, effort, and passion on research. Uh, we do yeah. forecasts and development of print and patterns uh, some people call this surface design. Some other call it textile designs. But in the end, it's all print and patterns. The people that we started servicing during 2008 was only the apparel industry. And little by little, while we were doing and doing shows and being in front of the customers, we started diversifying the business. And what has been taking us 12 years uh Now we are pretty much showcasing art for apparel, home fashions, and paper Mm. goods products.
1: Right. Print and patterns
2: for party products, paper plates, uh, home decor, and that includes shower curtains, wall coverings. So we had a very wide range of print and patterns to cover. Uh, some of the different lifestyles. Okay. Um, that's pretty much what I what I pretty much uh, can explain about creativo. Something very concise and straightforward, so everyone can understand the world behind yeah. print and patterns. I yeah. mainly oversee all the creative aspects of the business. My business partner is in charge of the logistics, uh, the business development, sometimes I chime in and we pretty much uh, gather some information what will be the best for the business. And when we come together, we decided, okay, Dan is going to handle the business development and I will oversee all the creative aspects because that's pretty much my background. Yeah. And during that time, at the beginning, we were not traveling because we were uh, developing and growing the business. And when we found the opportunity, we start traveling and we start finding into other global markets. And that's when we started doing uh, Indigo Paris to showcase our work Um, there. We pretty much made a range of different customers. They're pretty much global customers that ranges from active wear to women's wear to uh, swimwear. And that was pretty much that side of fashion. When it comes to the side of home, we do other shows. And the main show that we actually love is Heimtex. It's in Frankfurt, Germany.
1: Okay. Right, and that yeah.
2: only is to showcase art to the home and decor industries.
1: Got you. Okay. Um, okay. So so basically what you do, the service you offer, and again, just for the benefit of the listeners there, but the service you offer is you will produce uh, prints and patterns and such forth to, to be applied in lots of different kind of so you, you, you work in apparel and you work in homeware and you work in other areas uh, along those kind of lines. That's cool. So what was, the, what was your business partner? What was his background previously? What his was he his
2: background is in business and he has a little okay. bit of a, a design background. So that also yeah. helps a lot because when we are bombarded, then we share responsibilities.
1: Sure. Uh, okay. This is
2: not just about me behind the brand. They're just very creative, excellent people be- behind that. They also contribute to what we are now. Cool. Excellent. Good. So let's go back a little bit then, Alexandra.
1: So where did it all start for you? How did you um, where did you kind of get your influence from? W- was your family quite quite creative or? or, or
2: um, just, well, I started it? at 11 and this is a question that people have been asking me uh, lately. And I have been going back, brainstorming, you know, how I actually started. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I started at 11 years old, give or take. And I I pretty much have two options. (laughs) Living in a tropical island where we don't pretty much have seasons. We use summer all year round. Sure. Um, The two options were volleyball player (laughs) or design.
1: Okay. Okay. And where where was home? Where where were you from originally?
2: Home is Puerto Rico. It is in the Caribbean okay. island between yeah. is yeah. close to Cuba, Dominican yeah. Republic. Yeah. And uh, it is a very small island. So I decided that you know you have very different turning points in life, and the deciding moment for my career. It sounds very funny. it started at eleven years old. Yeah. Uh, I was already doodling. <laughs> okay. And my father was the one who actually noticed that I had some art skills. Uh, he was the driving force.
1: Yeah
2: My dad uh, my dad was a very talented man. He passed away a long time ago and he used to be a photographer. Oh cool. And I used to go with him to weddings and corporate events. So I'm all, I was always watching what was, you know, happening in, because he was actually including me in all his uh, art stuff. And yeah. one of them was photography. I was his helper. <laughs> <laughs> and um, long story short, he was the one who injected that passion on me because we used to take classes together. Yeah. Uh, we took pottery classes, jewelry uh, drawing classes together, and that's how it was pretty much our connection. Wow, okay. Um, he used to be a very good macrame artist. He used to make beautiful bags with, you know, they had to learn the different knots, and he used to make these beautiful macrame plant hangers. And
1: Okay. W- was he selling those, Alexandra? No, just,
2: no. Just... At that time, he... I. I When my father took classes, that was, I will say, maybe in the 70s. Okay. So he never made his art his career. He was a professor, a business professor in college.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
2: So those were the things that we were pretty much sharing at home and quietly every Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how pretty much bonded and he used to criticize my work. He used to give me direction. He was pretty much my my right hand.
1: Yeah. No, that's cool. That's great that you had a relationship like that with him. And um, you know, it's it's wonderful to hear when when kids and their parents kind of have a shared a shared experience, you know, it's those types of things that you remember and obviously you can you can look back in years to come and, and think about those good times and, and how he kind of shaped your career to some extent. Absolutely. um, Yeah. So when did you come over to the uh, the UK? Listen to me. To the US? Well, that was
2: my third turning point. My second turning point was my business degree. My father asked me, since there were no design schools in Puerto Rico at that time, because I was was pretty much raised in the 80s, Hmm. um, the situation in the island was a little bit different. And that's when I decided to stay there until I can be old enough to get a fin- financial help without my parents. Yeah. And I decided to, he decided to pay for business school. And I said, okay, I will stay four years. I did my business school and stayed in Puerto Rico for a little bit until I get so, gained some experience working for the different industry. Doesn't matter if it wasn't for fashion. Yeah. And, um... That for me, the business degree and three years after that, I decided now is the time that I'm going to follow my true passion for design. And I decided during the time of my business degree and my master's, my parents uh, got me a Yuki. It's a sewing machine. It's an industrial machine. And I made as many dresses I could to put myself into my master's degree
1: Wow. Amazing. and that's how
2: I paid and I came to the U.S.
1: Wow okay so you arrived did you initially go straight to New York or did you live anywhere else in the U.S.?
2: I went I went to SCAD Savannah College of Art and Design is in Georgia okay in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I got my degree there in Masters in Fine Arts concentration in fashion design.
1: Lovely. Marvelous. Yeah. So you kind of you went on, you studied and then obviously you went on to develop the business with you, with your co-founder there. So why New York? What what took you to New York?
2: New York um I started down in Florida for the first four months, and New York was the spot because I wanted to showcase art. I was a solo artist at that time, and I wanted to showcase art. And it's a show called Print Source NYC Okay. that has been a textile show for so many years, for so many years, maybe over 25 years. Hmm. Uh, I remember working for corporate and noticing their labels in some magazines and specialized magazines. And I decided with my business partner that I was the best bet, moved to New York. He was already in New York. Uh, I moved to New York and that's how everything started. Started, I started in February 2008. First show was in August 2008. Um, you can imagine I was like closed doors, working day and night, yeah, to get ready for that show. Mm.
1: Wow, that must have been an interesting time at, at that time. You know when when you you know the recession has kind of hit and and you're trying to make things work. So yes. I mean, New York as a city is is renowned for its fashion. So where. With regards to inspiration and everything else, where do you get your inspiration from, Alexandra? Is there anywhere, are there any local regions or are there, you know, different districts that you go to that you just kind of, you kind of get your fashion
2: fix? We, we have very different ways to collect information. Mm. Uh, we travel, number one, yeah. Uh, yeah. not only in New York City, but we travel, we go to London. Yeah. Um travel Oxford Street and understand <laughs> and study all the um, markets and industries that are in that street. Yeah. Uh, we visit Shoreditch, that is also yes. in London. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah great know it well. spot
2: to see new artists <laughs> and see what's going on, graffiti, urban takes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I make sure that it, when I go to Paris for shopping, uh, or to walk a show, gather as much as information that I believe it will make sense for our customers.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: And give it a very different twist because I need to translate that information in, for, my, for my lifestyle brands, and my lifestyle brands are my mm. customers. So I have to organize all this information. And when I get here, that's when I pretty much start, start my vision boards. Vision boards are mood boards. Yeah. And um, so that's traveling. When it comes to New York for inspirations, Soho is the best part because you find new fashion designers uh, disclosing their newest collections, launching the Their new lines, now they're coming together in one place where you can see them all, all fashion brands together. I'm talking about Mm -hmm. small uh, fashion designers. But then, you know, you always have Fifth Avenue that is very commercial where you can find your high end and how couture businesses uh, that is always good to see what the luxury market is doing, regardless if you're look if you're working for the mid-tier or low-tier markets. It doesn't matter. They all influence each other. But the luxury market influenced pretty much what is uh all markets below. Okay. Um, another great area that it has been getting better and better and better is the meat packing district. It's called Chelsea Market. Okay. Um if you are into the museums and you want to see fine arts, uh, that's the place to go. Yeah. Uh, now you will see an, an, uh, uh, a lot of things happening when it comes to immersive or digital art installations, immersive experiences, shows that are all related with digital art. That will be the spot to go.
1: Cool. That sounds great. That sounds really good.
2: And so, then we have Williamsburg. Okay. As the last one, you we cannot forget that one. So if you have a chance, <laughs> <laughs> if you get a chance to come to New York, yeah. that's the place that I will say is like short London.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's quite urban, quite cool. Yeah.
2: Food markets, yeah. Yeah. flea markets, fancy markets, very artsy that's the place to go if you want to see these those kind of things
1: yeah I suppose really I mean it's it's great getting all that influence isn't it it's great getting all the kind of your creative juices flowing as we say you know but I suppose you've also got to then look at your clients and the brands that you're working with and kind of adapt that influence to their needs haven't you so how do you how do you work that process with I mean what kind of brands do you work with
2: we work with the big box retailers and yeah. manufacturers. And sometimes this crisscross because we can be working with the retailer and let's say a name again, TJ Maxx, right? Mm-hmm. right? And we may be working with other manufacturers that will actually cater to TJ Maxx. So you can yes. go in so many different directions and sell as many, uh, to as many people you can. But you find all these people at shows. Yes, they yeah. won't find you online. No, you start building relationships with people at, at during the shows.
1: Mm. So, do you have a booth at the show, or are you just you networking at the shows?
2: We do shows. We actually showcase. Okay. Uh, that's pretty much our network when we when we meet our customers. Uh, yeah. We walk only other shows just to see what's happening. Uh, so we don't only rely on going online or going on Pinterest and mm. we explore absolutely everything. I don't like to be jagged. Yeah, I would like to stay neutral because for me staying neutral let me uh, see other things that I didn't see before. So I don't take sides. I stay yeah. camouflage <laughs> <Okay. laughs> through the entire process because the market is actually speaking to me and I need to sure. be open to everything is telling me that way. I can take that information and tell my customers, Hey, I have seen this a few times. Eventually it's going to be a trend. Yeah. Trends are transitional and are transitional. They're, they They don't, It's not like they come and stop right away. Mm. They transition and they evolve little by little.
1: Yeah. So I suppose your relationships with your clients then. So it's very much a two-way thing, isn't it? They've got an idea of what they want the brand to obviously develop into. But you're coming to the table with concepts and trends and ideas and everything else. How do you manage to do you ever have any situations where that becomes difficult?
2: um you know right away when someone wants the information and sometimes you know by the body language about the way that they speak to you that they already know what they want
1: sure yeah
2: and sometimes they do their own research they may combine it with our research and come up with a selection of prints but Sometimes they do their own research and they let us know, OK, we would like to see things along these lines. We have these themes. Can you help us to curate our lines? And sometimes we already have things ready. We mm-hmm. present them. And sometimes we leave with some custom work projects if they don't, okay. they don't find what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, f-
1: maybe for the outsider, maybe the person's listening to this uh, to this podcast, they might think, what a lovely job. You know, you travel the world, you go looking at shops every day. Um, what What would you say is the, the worst part of your job? What would you say is the real challenging bit?
2: I would say the commuting part. I think um, I can go to work, but as soon as I have to take the subway, Mm. uh, you know, it's still time from you being inspired uh, because it takes you away from from your passion and, you know, you you get out of to the streets and everything is so stressful out there. (laughs) So it is the change of environment that will actually put me out of balance. Yeah. Um, more than what I'm actually doing because I do love what I do.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can hear that. I, I can get that. Um, and and what about the team? Are you working on your own most of the time then, Alexander? Um, others around?
2: We are working all from home. Um, yeah, we used of course. to be yeah. a team from around 15 designers. Mm-hmm. Um, telecommuting for me is not a new thing. We have been doing it since 2008. Yeah. And we have designers all around the world, where we have only communicated through messaging or through email. Okay. It becomes like a daily routine where you know what information to send, you know the infor- how the how the information has to the, the project details have to be mm. explained so they can understand. Mm. But uh, we have been pretty much working. Uh, not from home, but the designers, some of them work from home, from their location. And that's how we meet, we meet online.
1: Yeah, okay, and what about when you get the brief from the client, what kind of time scales are you put under? Is there much pressure for you to turn around things quite quickly or do you have a longer lead time to get that work together?
2: We don't have a long lead time because we have uh, built our network already. So yeah. I know for a fact if you're coming with a floral, I know if I can do the project, I, I will, but I, I would. But if I have someone that specializes on florals, mm. then I will give that project to that person.
1: Sure. Okay. Yeah. So you're working towards time their skills. Usually, yeah. is
2: between two to three days, depending on this design difficulty. If mm. it's a hand painted piece, sure, that will take longer mm. because it has to be put in in the technical repeats. It has to be color reduced. But when it comes to not the technical, not the technical part, mm. uh, it will usually take between two to three days.
1: Cool. And what about new blood coming into the industry? So are you working with, with local colleges there on, on bringing through people into your business? I mean, do you have much connection with colleges?
2: We do. We have been yeah. working with FIT, Fashion Institute of Technology in New York. Yeah. Um, we used to do with them their portfolio reviews um, in the textile design uh, and the apparel design department. And we walk around and we help the students to really uh, curate their their portfolios, Mm. to have a voice, just trying to help them to brand their portfolios based on their visions. So Mm. that's our partnership last time with FIT.
1: OK, OK. And what advice would you give somebody coming out of college or or kind of studying at the moment and, and kind of getting into all the, the vision and the ideas and, and everything else? What kind of advice would you have, Alexandra, with them coming actually into a commercial environment, to work?
2: Based on my experience, I feel that success won't come in a straight line. Mm. <laughs> and that's my big <laughs> that's advice true. for them, just to continue yeah. learning. Uh, there yeah. will, con- will be ups and downs. Life is a zigzag <laughs> mm, and they're cheers. going to be a lot of turning points. But in every single turning point, you will learn something new and that will be something that you can add to your portfolio.
1: And what do you think colleges and universities are, are setting people up correctly? I mean, the reason why I ask this question is I know a few creative people, you know, and, and I've had conversations with them and they've said, when we're at university or college, it's all about that vision. It's all about having the impetus to go out and create things, which is wonderful. But actually going into the real world can be really challenging. I mean, do you think that colleges are doing enough there to prepare people?
2: Um, I think it depends the school. Um, Mm. I can only speak based on my school and experience. Yeah. Um, I just feel that Based on my experience when I took my masters, it was a class that it was like the one that really was the awakening point in my design uh, outlook there in college. Mm. And it was the art criticism class. It it was a class full of history. They talk about all the masters and they talk about all the techniques And I think those classes, courses are instrumental for the designer to understand time and space. Yeah, yeah. That's how they should understand themes. And it's a guideline. That's why they're called masters. And those masters from history, back in history, It gives you the, it shows the path where we should go. That's why, you know, you see uh, painters, uh, let's let's give an example, Magritte, you know, Mm -hmm. today the Museum of Art in New York come with an exhibition about Magritte. And then suddenly in the next three months, that's the newest trend. I call it fast fashion.
1: Yeah something
2: yeah. comes and goes but it is the newest trend at that time so it is an industry that is weave into each other mm-hmm. and it is almost like a master plan because it's very well designed
1: <laughs> yeah and, and just on that point then about fast fashion, because there's, there's lots happening in that kind of sector, you know, in, in the way that, that fashion is moving forward or has moved forward over the last few years. How do you think it's going to look further down the line then? Because the great thing about your job is because you're working so much future wise, in, 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 in effect, you're obviously working on trends and predictions of what's going to happen in the future. What do you anticipate the fashion industry going to look like in the next kind of couple of years?
2: This is what I see. I have been reading a lot during this pandemic and things Mm. have been shifting logically because of the pandemic. Yeah. So now we have other challenges. And I think the fashion industry is going to change as far as offering small quantities on brands and products.
1: Okay, you will see, what do you mean by that?
2: You will see um, people I may, may need to go to, when they go to st- to stores and they don't see the product, they may mm. need to pre-order it. Sure. So okay. if it's a small quantity, because they only have 10 right now. Um,
1: so it's less volume in effect, is less that what you're volume. saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. That's Technology
2: interesting. is going to be very interesting because the shopping experience, now that we are at, at home, people are at mm. home shopping from home, artificial intelligence when it comes to uh, creating app stores, uh, the way that you check out, uh, the way that you interact online. How far is the process from checking out on pain? All these things, now you can do them from your phone, but they're going to get improved along the line. I don't Mm. see that stopping. It's going to get better.
1: Yeah, of course. No, I think you're right. And you only have to look at the Far East and see what they're doing out in Japan and such forth to see the way that, you know, the retail environment has just moved on, you know, due to mobile. So I think you're absolutely right there. It's going to be a very different, a different environment, not just due to the pandemic, but just shopping habits I think people are going to buy in a different way and consume things in a different way which I think to be fair I think with everything about sustainability and you know looking at those types of values I think it's I think it's a good thing it Um, is I mean what's what's that scene like for you in in New York is that quite a buoyant thing that whole sustainability thing and without just trying to jump onto it as a trend it is um, are are your clients asking for more kind of um provenance around the products
2: say that one more time i'm sorry
1: that's okay when you have the conversations with your clients is the more emphasis on where that product is coming from and how it's produced and everything else are you finding those discussions happening more and more
2: um they mention things but when we come to see our customers we stay pretty much on the side of the design development okay
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Color. We don't, they don't really discuss that much about their views.
1: Okay. So no production as such. Just just literally design. Yeah. Yes. Got you. Okay. So when you're talking to your clients, then what do you think, in your opinion, then, Alexandra? What do you think makes a really great brand?
2: I think the the brand that has the right vision, that is transparent, that it, as soon as you see the image, you say, okay, this is it. You don't have to read too much. That image is telling you, this is me. Hmm. And it is with full fullest transparency. Um, and I think that's pretty much what people are looking after, personal branding and branding in general, to hmm. be recognized hmm. for who they are behind their art.
1: I think I think one thing that has come out over the last couple of years really is that personal branding, you know, and I think more brands are kind of putting themselves to the front a little bit more because they really do want their values to come through. So who's important to you with regards to personal branding? Have you got anyone you look up to that you think, or brands that you look up to and you think, wow, they've absolutely nailed that?
2: Um, I usually look at magazines Um, because they give you a very broad and overall view of what their market is going after. You know, you Mm -hmm. see cosmetics, you see color, you see cars, you see jewelry, you see fashion. And that will give you an overall perspective only in one Mm. magazine, what the market is going after only with one magazine or you take, Five different magazines, different lifestyles, and you pretty much study every single one of them. And each one will tell you different visions, they will touch base on different lifestyles. So it is very convoluted, believe it or not.
1: Who inspires you then Alexandra because you spend all your time talking to people to give them the inspiration of what they should be doing in the future so where do you get your influences from from a, from a, either from a creative point of view or from an you know kind of professional point of view where do you get your inspiration from
2: From my creative side I will say traveling is one of the mm. most rewarding because you 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 have the accessibility of touching, seeing, smelling, you can use your five senses, right? And you immerse yourself. So when you go to Paris, you immerse yourself into the environment and this is the way we shop here and you visit stores and you feel like you're there. When you go to London, you go through the same process. Mm. I don't, when I go to places, I want to feel like I live there Not like I'm coming from New York to visit you, Warren. (laughs)
1: Mm. (laughs) You're more than welcome.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Because I want to connect. And you connect through food. You connect through talking to people in the streets, uh, going to the stores and ask questions.
1: Mm. Um so where where in the world would you like to go and have those experiences? Is there anywhere that you haven't been that you think that is definitely a place I need to get to?
2: Um, I have to be honest with you. One of my dreams when I was a child <laughs> <laughs> was to be part, I wanted to be a hockey tour, a yeah, high-end okay. apparel yeah. designer. Yeah. And since I didn't have the chance and the schooling, because it's tough to be a tour sure. You have to learn techniques and precision. Yeah. I will say that I will spend five days with any tour <laughs> <Okay. laughs> businesses in Europe. That can yeah. take me for five days. Sure. I think it should be. I think it's, it's an inspiring experience, I'm sure. Just yeah. to be around luxury fabrics, being able to touch the to touch them and learn different techniques and sewing.
1: That haute couture, you know, that it's the craftsmanship beyond
2: It is. You know, just
1: it, it and the people around, you know. I mean can you imagine just having a coffee break with those people, <laughs> in the <conversations>, you know?
2: <laughs> they will be precise <laughs> on what they have to yeah. tell you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I mean, looking at, looking at your business and looking at what you're working on now, what kind of things are you predicting from a trend perspective for next year then, for 2021?
2: I will say that everything related with artificial intelligence is going to be big. Sure. Uh, and it is because the gaming industry is putting a lot of time and effort on that. Also, because the yeah. generations are changing. Mm. now you know it's not about all about generation x now it's about the generation of the millennials and the y's so Mm. generations are changing we need to adapt to that because colors are going to change trends are going to evolve and we have to just walk with the changes
1: yeah and is there any particular color palettes that you you've you're seeing plenty of of kind of interest in? Or when you're talking to your clients, is there I, any trends there?
2: Yeah, I see a lot of '70s colors, okay. '70s, '80s. Again, depending on the life, uh, lifetime brand, lifestyle brands. Yeah. Um, pastels are going to be strong. Mm. Um. We are also be- we are going to become seasonless. When I say seasonless, is now with the pandemic, people are yeah. like, okay, so where are we now? Are we gonna yeah. switch seasons? Are we gonna cont- continue with the same colors? No, we're gonna continue with the same thing. They're just the silhouettes are going to change.
1: Sure. Okay. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting point, that, because I think what's happened certainly over in the UK as uh, across the world, international trade shows have not happened. So a lot of the brands are in a situation now where they're not selling forward order or they don't have the opportunity to sell forward order in the same way that they did previously. So I th- I can completely agree with you there, Alexandra, that seasons will change and everything will be just more product led as opposed to traditional seasons because invariably we would have spring, summer, autumn, winter, or fall, winter, as you would say, and maybe some injection packages throughout the year. But it's all becoming very blended now, which actually I don't think is a bad thing. I think it's going to allow people to be more responsive, which I yes. think is really good
2: and more yeah. unique. And people are going to be paying attention to what I was mentioning before about their personal branding. Now we're going to be doing more Zoom meetings. Now Mm we're going to be engaging online even more. So when it comes, listen, when it comes to hair products, dyeing hair products, cosmetics, all that industry is going to go up on sales. Because people wants to look good in front of their computers if they're going to be handling business. So that's another trend. Uh, Business meetings online.
1: Yeah. Now the world has changed. That is for sure. Oh, yes. Definitely changed. (laughs) Well, it's been fascinating, absolutely brilliant. Thank you, Alex Alexander. Thank you it's for having me. Brilliant. No, I, it, honestly, it's been fabulous insight to you and your business because your your sector is something that I haven't really, I have no previous real. I've got an understanding of what what happens at that at that part of the process but very often when I would work with design teams they'd already had those meetings with you guys to work on you know how the range is going to look and how it's going to be pulled together from a color palette perspective or from a print perspective and then we often as a salesperson we would often then just get the product and we kind of miss out really on the too much of the thought process there would be ah. an overview but we wouldn't we wouldn't get all the in-depth stuff that you obviously work on in a day-to-day so it is so a complex I... process it is it, so. it has <laughs>
2: steps it's not complex you just have to go step by step you have a calendar throughout the year yeah we know what yeah. to do in january february and every single yeah. month we have something.
1: So are you the most organized person that you know?
2: No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay. My business partner. <laughs> okay. So he's the
1: yin to your yang. That's perfect. He keeps
2: me That's organized. Great.
1: Okay, good. With a big stick.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Lovely. All right. Well, listen, it's been fab. And how can our listeners kind of catch hold of you and connect with you? Have you got any social media handles you want to share with us?
2: Yes. Um, Everyone, anyone can contact me through LinkedIn. I'm Alexandra Ortiz. Um, you can contact us, emailing us at info at ThinkCreativo.com, T-H-I-N-K, creativo, think. Um, Our phone number is 1-631-343-2366. And we are wow, located okay. in 67 35th Street, Studio 6534, Brooklyn, New York, 11232.
1: Wow, there is no challenge there not to get hold of you, so... (laughs) Brilliant. That's brilliant. That's wonderful. All right. Well, listen. Have a wonderful rest of Sunday. I don't know what you've got planned for the rest of the afternoon, but um, have a great time. And um, yeah, let's let's keep in touch. And um, yeah, we will get another Zoom call going, and we can catch up for a couple of hours like we did before. And no um, yeah, it'd be good. To, it'd be good to talk to you. And I will get over to Soho, and we'll we'll do those shops together at some point. <laughs> All right. Take care.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having Cheers. me
1: no worries cheers wow that episode was packed with useful information thanks alexandra i hope you enjoyed chatting with me and thank you very much on behalf of everyone for sharing an insight to your business so next time let me tell you you guys are in for a real treat i'm going to be picking up a conversation that i had with a lady called cressy westling NBE. I talked to Cressy about a brand which is called Elvis and Cressy and all the incredibly inspirational things that she's involved with. You are not going to want to miss this episode so see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: Behind the Brands was brought to you in association with BeforeStores.com. Go check it out. You can discover new brands, meet the makers and their products before they go into stores. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to leave us a review. We'd really appreciate your feedback. You can also subscribe for future episodes by tapping the follow button wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, keep learning, keep listening and keep creative.